Inflation continues at 40-year highs, but the White House is celebrating? Then we talk about the fact that Democrats are kind of starting to tell us exactly what a MAGA Republican really is. Stay tuned. I'm Zach, your host, and this is Zach's Fact Shack. Hello and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack. I'm your host, as I said, Zach. We have a lot to talk about today, but before we go any further, remember, if you're on YouTube, to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Go ahead and comment. Let us know what you're thinking of the show, what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. That really helps the algorithm to get the videos out there and get more people to be able to see what we're doing. I'm counting on you guys to make sure that people are hearing what we're talking about. You can also let your friends know about zaxfactcheck.com. That's where you'll be able to find a link to all of our different outlets, whether that's audio or video. Again, that's zaxfactcheck.com. Make sure you send your friends there. We're going to get started today with an interesting story, at least to me. And over this past week, um, the new August inflation numbers came out, and they expected it to be around 8.1% inflation from August 21 to August 22. What they actually got was 8.3%. So let's go ahead and look back. Right now, uh, since January of 22, uh, January 22 had 7.5%. February went to 7.9%. March was 85 it dropped to 8.3 in April. May was 8.6. 9.1 is the high that we hit in June. It dropped back down to 8.5% in July and now has dropped a little bit to 8.3%. Again, it did not drop as low as they expected. And this sent the stock market into chaos. It was a mass sell-off. Everybody had been buying, betting that inflation was going to back off and that we were going to continue moving forward and everything was going to be fine. But Again, as we keep saying, we're going to dump more and more money into the market that's not really supposed to be there. That's how you get inflation. That's where we're at. We've done this for two years. We've we've dumped around 4 to $5 trillion into the market that just shouldn't exist. And so the inflation has continued to balloon. It doesn't show any signs of stopping, though it may have slowed down at the moment. We'll see if the Fed will do anything to truly bring it down but right now it's it's set in because what's happening is people are looking and saying, hey, this is going to be a lot more expensive in a month, so I'm going to buy it now. Well, that means that more money has gone into the market and you've bought something. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad, right? That means you have money to buy with. But here's what happens. Everybody else is thinking the same thing. Driving demand up and supply stays the same. So demand is going through the roof. Remember the toilet paper fiasco, right? Yeah, we all remember that. And ridiculous times. We ran out of toilet paper because everybody went and shopped for toilet paper all at once, whether they need it or not. Because they understood that it was going to be gone. That's what they were told, right? Well, now that same thing is happening because people are holding, they are doing today what they would have waited for tomorrow. So maybe they wouldn't have bought the car. Maybe they would have waited another six months. Maybe they would have waited for that house. Maybe they would have waited for a few things to kind of let everything settle down. But instead, everybody understands now inherently that the 
cost of living is skyrocketing, that the prices are going through the roof, that inflation is rising. So now they're saying, okay, I don't want to pay more in a month or six months. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now and just get it out of the way while the prices are really low right now. We're going to do that and we'll be fine. But what that does is it then causes the prices to go up. And it's a feedback loop. The, the, the more you realize that inflation will rise, the more you'll buy now before it does, causing the inflation to rise. So the way that you combat that is to increase the uh, interest rate on borrowing money, right? So if you can't borrow money because the interest rate is so high that you can't, you can't afford it, then you're not going to buy whatever that product was, right? You're going to hold back like, wait a minute. Nope, don't want to do that. I'm not spending half of the, the, the principal in interest. I can't do that. That's too expensive. So you hold back and then more people hold back and everything starts to settle down. The prices begin to drop again because no one's buying it and they got to get it sold, right? That's how you defeat inflation, but we're not rising the interest rates fast enough to arrest the inflation so it continues to go up. Now, I've already told you that the percentage of inflation has gone down, but here's the thing. All of the other metrics are still rising. The cost of energy, the cost of food, everything's still climbing, right? It's just maybe has slowed its rate of climb, but that's not a decrease in climb, right? We haven't dropped the inflation. The inflation hasn't dropped. It just slowed down how quickly it was inflating but it hasn't deflated. That's not happening. It's just slowed down. So this is not a reprieve. It's not a good thing. We're still incredibly high. We're Again, we're at 40-year highs on interest rate or on uh, inflation rates in the country. 40 years. I'm not 40 years old. Why are we still dumping money into the economy from the government. And here's what I mean. So while the news was breaking that the inflation numbers were still very high and higher than expected, and that the stock market was collapsing because of it, the single largest sell-off since the 2020 crash because of COVID, the Biden administration was having a party on the White House lawn talking about how they had defeated inflation. And if you're watching, you'll see I have that uh, uh, side-by-side right here where you have Biden holding the mic, celebrating that they had defeated inflation. And yet right beside him is the stock market crashing over 1,200 points. It's like, you, you, can't, you can't make this up. This is genuinely... How dumb can you get politically to not realize that celebrating inflation going down and scheduling the party to happen right as the numbers come out, that you don't know what the numbers are going to be, and you're going to celebrate that you've got inflation under control whenever it's still at record high levels, that's just, that reeks of a disconnect to reality, a disconnect with the American people. It's, it, it sounds an awful lot like Marie Antoinette saying, let them eat cake. 
when they when she was told that there was no bread for the for the commoner and they were starving, she said, "Well, let them eat cake." If there's no bread, there's no cake. That's how that works. But you're so out of touch with reality and the common man that you think that these things are okay, and they're just not. Here we are. We're sitting here. We're watching these elites celebrate and party and say that everything's great when mine and your wallet clearly are saying that's not the case. When you're having to make choices on what you're going to buy this month because you can't afford to buy everything you need. You got to slow that down. You got to, uh, well, I'll push this off till next time because the, the, the price is just, it, it, I can't do it. And then other people are saying, well, this is going to be so much more expensive. I just have to put it on the credit card because I have to have it. It's, it, it's, a, it's a need. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's medicine. Maybe it's clothes. And you have to put it on the credit card because you don't have the money because the cost is so high on everything else that you run out of money to be able to buy, but you still have to have it. That's where we're at. That's what we're looking at. That's the reality that we're in. And yet the Democrats in the White House are partying and celebrating as if they did something. I'm going to show you a montage. And it, 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 it is, it's a Republican uh, National Committee, an RNC video. So it is a campaign ad. But I want you to see what we have been being told while Biden has been in office this whole time about inflation and what it meant and what it was ha- what was happening and just how wrong the government has been at every single turn. Let's watch this. I really doubt that we're going to see an May inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop June up a little 21. bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. <laughs> and the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's un- highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, August of uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically October retweeted an economist who had said in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc., are high-class problems. What is the grand home plan November to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that, we know, is the root cause of inflation. President Biden this afternoon saying he thinks December we're at the of peak of the crisis right now and that lower prices are on the way. The inflation has everything to January do with January 22. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, April. the only way to do it is to um, re- undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. And here they are. Funny joke, funny joke, right? Since you come in office, everything's looking up. Gas is up, food is up, house is up, clothes is up. And they laugh. They say that this is a high-class problem. But is it? 
let me let me ask you if if you have a dollar and everything costs five dollars, do you have enough money to buy what you need? No, but if you have a hundred dollars and everything costs five dollars, you do have the money to buy. This is inflation is not a high class issue. Inflation hits hardest the working and the poor because they're already trying to stretch the money that they have to the next paycheck. And now you're causing everything to go up in price. That is not good. That's not good for the country. That's not good for, it's not good for anybody. Why are we celebrating when clearly this has not improved? Maybe, maybe soon it will. But 8.3% is still a staggering amount of inflation. And quite honestly, I'm not sure how they get to that number. I'm not sure how they get to the numbers being this low when literally every aspect of inflation is in the double digits or higher in inflation. There, I think the lowest number I saw in the, 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 the price indexes that go into this are something like 11%. And everything up is some things are up 40, 50, 60% of inflation. So I don't know where 8.3% comes from, but that's the number that they wiggle out, and that's what they it's still bad. That's how bad the inflation really is, is that that number is still bad. A number that appears to be somewhat finagled. Again, I'm not an economist. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe they have some really smart way of getting there. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that this is not going to end well. I want to talk about Biden's MAGA Republican speech. Because things are starting to come out from the Democrats that would explain what they believe. So the policymakers, the lawmakers in charge right now, what they believe a MAGA Republican is. Because Biden does tell you what a MAGA Republican is in his speech. But the Democrats, by and large, it appears, are not lining up with that belief system, with that definition. They're redefining. So let's watch part of Biden's MAGA Republican speech in front of the uh, Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Let's see what Biden actually says. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. So. He defines and says that not all Republicans are MAGA Republicans. The mainstream Republicans aren't. The Republicans who support him or work with him are not MAGA Republicans. 
but what let, let, let's go let's go to the house where a representative from Georgia uh Hank Johnson makes a statement about what he believes an actual MAGA Republican is. First, he's going to remind us of what MAGA Republicans did. So let's listen to this. Um, January 6, 2021 will never be forgotten. An infamous day in American history. MAGA Republicans descended upon the Capitol, engaged in an insurrection. Uh, They occupied the Capitol. Five people were killed. Hundreds injured including hundreds of Capitol Hill police officers, attacked and bludgeoned. Um, uh, It was uh, a day that we'll never forget. You're right. We we won't forget January 6th. I've often talked and said that there are two sides to January 6th, literally two sides of the building. You have the side who actually rioted the side who actually injured people, where deaths did take place, though not one death was caused by the protesters outside of the fact that they existed. The deaths that did take place were all, to my understanding of what I have read, all of them were the protesters themselves dying. I cannot speak to the injuries of the, of the officers. Although the violence that was shown on that side would would say that there probably was injuries, uh, you can't throw fences around like that and not injure someone. So that does that would make sense. On the other side of the Capitol building, you had the people who were simply there because they supported Trump and they wanted uh, the vote to. They they wanted clarification, right? They wanted to know if they could trust the vote. That's what they wanted. Better or worse, that's what they wanted. That is their stated reason for being there. They were allowed into the building by the officers. In fact, some people have been uh, cleared of all charges because of that very fact. So not everybody who was there on January 6th is equal, right? Not everybody has committed the crimes that they're being accused of. That's not the case. But it's still a terrible day. Was it really an insurrection where the the uh, we put a, the, the the Republicans put a knife to the throat of the government? No, this was never going to do anything. It was never going to be a thing. Um, was it wrong? Was it stupid? Absolutely, should never have happened. Uh, that is not what conservatives do. They do not cause bloodshed. Uh, That's not a thing. Um, And yet it still happened. We understand that it still happens. And that's the, that is what is, that's the MAGA Republican, right? That's what Biden has said, right? That they, they caused bloodshed and they fought against the vote. They said that that it was, that they questioned the vote. These are MAGA Republicans. But this representative from Georgia actually goes further and truly defines what a MAGA Republican is. And remember, MAGA Republicans are supposed to be evil. They're supposed to be the people that the government uh, rounds up and gets rid of. That's that's the messaging coming out of this. The, the, the MAGA Republicans, those are actually fascists. Those are neo-Nazis. They're, they are 
little Hitlers. That's what we've been told. That is the message we're getting. That's what's being sent out by the president and his minions and by now representatives in Congress. They're saying similar things. So it would be very, very important that we define who a MAGA Republican is if we're going to say, go and beat him up, because that's what we're declaring, right? That's what we're saying as as a government. That's what the government's telling us is that it's okay to commit this violence. It's not, but that's what that's the messaging that we're getting. That's what we're being told that, yeah, no, this is fine. This is awesome. It's okay, because you would do anything to stop Hitler from taking power, would you not? Exactly, you would. Most people would say Hitler cannot become president. We cannot let Hitler be in power. And yet we have equated people who are not Hitler to Hitler. So it's probably pretty important that we define what that means. So let's see. What does this representative think that MAGA Republicans are? Because this is the very next statement. I clipped this. It's it's one clip that I broke into two so I could explain to you what I'm looking at. So he has said that January 6th was MAGA Republicans. They're evil. They're bad. They're no good. They're terrorists. They're wrong. Cool. Now he's going to go even further in this clip. And people on the local level uh, at affected school board meetings, they won't forget the MAGA uh, Republicans descending on their school board meetings uh, after January 6th, like January 6th, disrupting meetings it was a co- coordinated uh, attack happening across the country. Americans won't forget about it. Uh, school board uh, members, teachers, administrators subjected to violence, threats of violence, harassment, intimidation. You know who a MAGA Republican is, according to this representative from Congress? This Democrat representative? This leader? This one speaking on the committee, you know who the MAGA Republican is there? It's the parents who decided that they didn't want their daughters having being forced to change in the same bathrooms as men, as other teenage boys. These are the parents who wanted their daughters to have a fighting chance in the sports that they were playing instead of being taken over by biological males. These are the parents who wanted their kids to be taught history and science and language and not political agendas. These are the parents who wanted to protect their kids from pornographic books and videos being distributed to their kids. That's who this Democrat representative in Congress is saying is a MAGA Republican. If that is the definition of a MAGA Republican, then I'm going to be one. I have long told you I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I do not like either party. But I'm going to sit here and tell you now that if you're going to define MAGA Republicans as these terrible people, and the the definition that you use is that they are protecting their kids from evil and insanity, then yes, count me up. Count me in on this. Sign me up. I will be a MAGA Republican just for you. This is not okay. 
you are declaring that the evil acts that are coming against these conservative people, some of them are just simply moderates and just want their kids to be left alone. And that's fine. That's what I want. I don't want kids to be indoctrinated. I want them to be taught. I want them to be taught how to think, how to act, how to move forward in life, to build their own path in their own direction. But what I don't want is for your agenda, your religion, to be forced down anybody's throats. I am a Christian, and I don't want people to be forced, force-fed Christianity. I don't want them to be force-fed any religion. I want them to be able to research it on their own. I want them to be able to look it up. I want them to be able to ask questions. I want them to be free to search it out and figure it out, but I do not want them to be forced to listen to it. I do not want kids to be shown pornographic books, especially at the age of five years old. There's a reason why the hashtag OKGroomer came around. Because whenever you're sexualizing children, it's what you're doing. You are grooming them. That is reality, and there's no amount of arguing that you can do that's going to stop that from being the truth. Stop sexualizing kids. Now, I I want you to realize that if if you think you're safe, if you think your kids aren't going to have to deal with this, if you think that you live in this conservative county that's going to have no problems in this red state that nobody's having issues with, I want you to think again. I want you to think again because I'm about to show you a clip from Idaho. You can't get much redder than Idaho. All they have out there are mountains and potatoes. That's it. And yet this footage, this video that I'm going to show you, is straight from the Idaho government. They are doing this. What they're doing is they are pushing what's called porn literacy. It's curriculum on how to find porn, that it's okay to look at porn what kind of porn you might be interested in. I'm going to repeat it. Stop sexualizing kids. Listen listen to this clip from instructors talking about how porn literacy can be useful how it should be taught, what you should do with it. Watch this. We can promote a shame-free educational space by letting young people know that it's okay if they are curious. It's okay if they have watched porn, and it's okay if they have thought about porn. I always make sure to say someone being curious about sex and or porn does not make them a bad person. It makes them human. It's so important we normalize that this is a natural human experience. And I also want to point, uh, make a point to share that not wanting to watch porn is also completely fine. There is no judgment and shame for not being curious. That's okay, too. And we want to create environments in the classroom where students don't shame each other. So as an educator, my job is to provide information about sexual health and have students critically think by exploring all sides of an issue. Critical thinking skills are the largest component of porn literacy. It's the ability for young people to analyze and ask questions about the media that they're viewing. Critical thinking skills allow young people to understand the intention behind pornography. So much of sex education is reflecting on our values and beliefs in relation to a topic, and porn literacy is no exception. 
For facilitators, it's first important for them to reflect on their reasons for wanting to teach porn literacy. Do they want to teach porn literacy because they believe watching porn and by extension sex work is inherently bad and they want to stop young people from accessing it? That's unfortunately not going to lead to good conversations because it's pushing one agenda, that porn is mad. Do you understand what you just listened to? If not, pause, rewind, listen to that again. They're, they're talking about critical thinking when it comes to viewing porn. Okay, what does that entail? Well, it seems to be that there was suggested of asking questions about what they're watching. What's going on here? Stop sexualizing minors. The idea that porn is good, that porn is healthy, that it's normal, just because something is normal doesn't mean it's right. Slavery was normal at one point. Rape was normal at one point. Does that mean that it was ever good? No. Just because porn is normal and viewing porn is normal, it's not okay. It's not good. It's not healthy. There's numerous studies that have come out that have clearly stated that in fact, viewing porn breaks your brain. I don't know how many of these studies are actually out. There's, there's so many that come out every year saying, hey, we got to stop this. This is not good. You can look at our society and realize that what people do in the private, uh, in their private rooms, in the privacy of their own home, that affects the culture of the society. We've seen our culture go into a hypersexualization, where ten and eleven-year-old girls are dressing like they're twenty and thirty-year-old women desperately trying to get the attention of the next guy. The sexualization of kids has to stop. Like I said, if you think that you're safe, that you're not going to have any problems because you're in a red state, you're in a conservative county, Think again, because this has been a culture war that has been going on in secret for decades. People talk about how conservatives just need to be quiet and they stop, stop worrying about the social stuff. Just worry about, we just need to be fiscally responsible. We just need to lower taxes and let people live. Here's the thing. Why? Why would you be fiscally conservative? 
and not socially conservative. I know many people are. But if there's no reason to conserve your culture, why worry about money? Politics is downstream from culture. We keep talking about how surely this is not the best that we can have. The best that we can get for president is Trump or Biden. Really? Well, here's the thing. Trump and Biden are at the top because of the decay at the bottom. If you don't want Trump or Biden to be running for office, how about we fix our culture? So that the people who actually rise to the top might actually be good people instead of low-down scumbags. But here's the thing. If your culture is so decayed, it is so filled with rot and death, that that might be the best people that can come out of it. Because there's so much decay that even Trump is still technically better than the rest. Our culture is dying. Our culture is hemorrhaging because of the internal fight being waged against it by the ideologies of the left. There is no good that will come out of normalizing and praising the viewing of porn. There is no good that will come out of normalizing and praising the sexualization of children. There is no good that will come out of the normalizing and praising of mutilating people. There is no good that can come of what is happening in our society right now and is being pushed by the left. I'm not saying liberals. I'm not saying all Democrats. I am saying the left. The ones who have taken power in the Democrat Party, the ones who have taken power in the academia, in the universities, in the colleges, in the high schools, in the middle schools, in the elementary schools, in the government, in the education department, in the EPA. All of it. The people who are in power in the designers of our culture in Disney and Fox and Paramount and all of these different companies that are making Amazon, Apple, All of them are making the stories that we are building our culture on. And they're filled with the decay and rot of the leftist mentality. There is no good that will come of this. And it's time for people to stand up and push back. There are many things that can be fixed in our culture. But there is still a lot of good that can be fought for in our culture. Again, I say, what's the point of being fiscally responsible for a dead culture? There's not one. 
If you are conservative, if you are conservative, you should be desiring to fight socially and fiscally for conservatism. You should be willing to fight for what is right. Because guess what? There is a right and a wrong. There is reality. It's time to push back and reclaim the culture from the rot and decay that has taken it. It's time to push. It's time to heal. And one day, we might have a country that people can be proud of. But it starts with you. It starts with your decisions. Stop thinking that it's someone else's responsibility when it's yours. Stop thinking you can avoid the cost. Stop thinking you can avoid making the hard choices. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't ignore what you can clearly see is coming. Make a difference. Change society. And make it better. Because where we're going is not going to end well. All right, guys, that's today's show. And as you can clearly see, today is a shorter episode. Sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes I'm just really nice to you guys and I let you have a short episode and you don't feel like you get stuck here, right? You know what? But you want to come back, don't you? You understand that this is actually a really, really good show. I know you do because you keep coming back. You keep listening. You keep watching. And I love it. But that's going to be the it it for me for today. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, and share. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube so that you get the alerts of when we have all of our episodes. But until next time, I'm your host, Zach. And this has been Zach's Fact Shadow.